Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast, coming off a fun, exciting, uh, kind of a full weekend of college football almost, you know, in the, outside of Conference USA, we had a full weekend, a full slate of games at the G5 level, and it looks like we got some more coming back on the way, Matt football returning a little bit, so uh, we're all pumped up and excited. My man Steve Hamner, you know, fresh off the new addition to his uh, budding family, he looks a little bit better than last time, you know, last time uh, when we were recording this podcast. The hair looked like he was lacking a little bit of sleep. You know, the, he definitely was looking like a man who, uh, who was uh, welcomed uh, a newborn, but he is uh, all good. As always, I am Eric Henry, uh, SB Nation, co-managing editor for Underdog Dynasty. And I mentioned that because I am alongside the man, the guru behind QB Spotlight, Mr. Steve Hamner. Um, he is the newest member to the Underdog Dynasty family. I am happy to welcome Steve in. Uh, this will be a continuation of essentially this podcast. And you may have seen him's writing in other forms at various other platforms and other outlets, but I am more than happy to be welcoming him to the SB Nation Underdog Dynasty Vox Media family. You will find essentially the written form of this podcast um, out on Underdog Dynasty early in the week, probably Mondays or Tuesdays. And I did, you know, not just because I host this podcast, highly recommend it because you will essentially get a much deeper form, a uh, deeper dive in terms of written and the video as well, the tweet. So you can see what Steve is looking at and what we're talking about here. You can see that on Underdog Dynasty. So without further ado, I am done talking. Steve Hamner, uh, welcome to the family. And how you doing, my man? Yeah, thank you, Eric. Yeah, uh, like you said, doing better than last week. I'm glad you noticed my haircut uh, because if you didn't, I'd be, you know, not hurt, but maybe a little upset. It's because of our, our friendship, but uh, feeling better. I'm glad to be uh, joining Underdog Dynasty and contributing in that regard, and uh, you know, continuing to push the these quarterbacks and kind of break it down and uh, you know give them give them a spotlight. Uh, but things are well here, Eric. And I'm glad you know you, you've got a pep in your in your voice and you sound good. I was I was afraid after your Saturday night that maybe you would take the week off, but uh, I'm I'm glad you're still well and you're still chugging along. <laughs> First off, I'm I am an objective journalist, so I have no rooting interest at all. But with that being said, I will say this: the UCF alum in me, it did hurt only because you know when your team and 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 the team I cover, FIU, they can attest to this. They lost a game up at Liberty a couple weeks ago when she had 15 penalties for a buck 36. Uh, Steve, you know, really quick before we get into deep dive about the quarterbacks here, we're not going to go on a UCF tangent, but. As a as a ex as a former football player slash you know fan now, how tough was it to watch the offense kind of just falter in those last quarter and change in terms of the ball not getting snapped, the penalties? I mean, what was it? Was it the the second to last play? I think you know um, they're trying to drive down to throw a hail mary and the snap is all over the place. Like some people you know were going, some people weren't. Just your quick thoughts on that? Yeah, just sloppy it's you know you can't get a, you can't get in a, in a rhythm when you do that like 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 your last drive the last drive for UCF just because we're talking about that they actually moved the ball pretty well within you know 20 30 seconds and then a few penalties and the drives ended you know and you know we've seen that throughout some of college football not just UCF but um the past two weeks UCF has put on a very good example of uh how to rack up the yardage uh, through penalties it's funny, man. You know, we're actually going to use it as a segue into uh, the first deep dive. Typically, we would not start with a deep dive, but I'm going to use it as a perfect segue into a deep dive of Nick Tronti, uh, FAU's new starting quarterback. But one thing I noticed, Steve, I had a chance to watch that game with FIU being off, had a chance to watch that game bell to bell. It looked to me, and FAU did look a little bit sloppy as well in terms of having 
penalties and just kind of um, not looking, you know, like the big thing that stood out to me, Steve, is that they looked like a team that had practices canceled from COVID. And I'm not mm-hmm. using that as an excuse for UCF because they can't use it as an excuse. Right. But I'm just wondering. And this is affecting each team in America. It's not just, you know, affecting one team or another. But um, how hard is it, Steve, when like first you, you got to delay practice for two days, three days because, you know, contact tracing. Then you try to get prepared for an opponent only to have your game canceled. That has to throw off your rhythm as an offense. And I'll, I'll use, let you use that as your segue into what you saw from Nick Tronti. Because um, definitely the first half, they looked completely out of sync. Second half, they got it together. His final stat line wasn't, you know, phenomenal by any a, a stretch, but um, definitely did enough to win the game. So I'm done talking, Steve. Have at, have at. Yeah, no, you, you kind of hit it spot on. And, you know, it's it's one reason, um, you know, why we see some, we've seen sloppiness and at the NFL level, just, you know, there's no preseason games. And when FAU's having their first game, you know, essentially week five, end of the season after several several cancellations they haven't had a chance to kind of work out the kinks yet so it was almost like that first half uh, it wasn't just Tronti it was just the team overall was was a sloppy and working out the, the kinks and you know you, you we were texting during that game and uh, admittedly I was I was way off and wrong but I was like texting you and I was like man should should they you know pull Tronti and, and give someone a chance in the second half just because he was missing throws. He was like five of 16. He didn't get anything going with his legs. Like nothing was going right for him. Uh, you know, and, and you know, that that's why, you know, they, they pay really, really taggered the, the big bucks to make those decisions that kept him in. And, you know, he ended up having three total touchdowns on the second half. And we mentioned Tronti last week on the episode, we talked about uh, getting the run game going, some short, quick passes, which what they tried to do in the first half, but nothing was successful, and they stayed with it. And you know, he busted that long run for a touchdown, uh, which put them on the board to go. So they were behind ten seven uh, midway through the third quarter, and then his first touchdown pass was uh, a, a similar scheme to the run, which opened up a, a wide open uh, receiver that he was able to hit. So. Uh, I think once he got comfortable and, you know, once things slowed down a little bit for him and, you know, whether it was jitters or, or you know, actually his, his first collegiate start, you know, is, is a good enough um, excuse for, for kind of the sloppiness at the beginning. But once he settled in, he, you know, looked as advertised being an athletic quarterback, making some, some quick throws here and there. So I think as an FAU fan, you have to be encouraged that they start off so bad. And like, I, I thought Charlotte was going to run away. I thought, Charlotte, you know, I don't want to talk about Charlotte, but they shot themselves in the foot a few times. It should have been 17, 20, nothing at halftime, but it was only 10, nothing. And so, you know, when you keep a team that's better than you in the game and, you know, you give them more opportunities like Charlotte did FAU, you know, eventually they, you know, uh, were able to come back and, and win that game. Steve, two part question on Nick Tronti and we're doing our deep dive into FAU starting quarterback. One, did you see anything from him? just in terms of pure quarterback play, right? You know, unless that offense is going to change drastically to where they're going to become, a tr- <laughs> I hate using the, hy- the hyper, um, you know, hyperbolic example, the triple option, right? But unless they're going to become a triple option, flex bone, Navy style offense, at some point, Nick Tronti will have to make some throws. Did you see anything from him that led you to believe that, you know, whether it was a, a, a key third down throw or, or you know, a, a read or something like that, that led you to believe that there's problems for the future, at least for this season, as far as it's concerned, and B, uh, from an offensive point of view, did you like what they did with him in terms of trying to put him in the best positions to succeed? Yeah, you know, um, I did. So um, 
to answer to answer the first question, I think if they can get the run game with that offense, it's almost you know there are a bunch of RPOs going on. It was similar to Charlotte's offense. You know that him and uh, Reynolds actually somewhat similar quarterbacks. But if the running game is not going uh, according to plan then it's going to be hard to get the passing game going, hence the, the, the first half. But, you know, once he had that long run, the passing game opened up and he had two passing touchdowns through the air in the second half uh, after his his uh, his his rushing touchdown. So to answer the question, I think if the offense is going according to plan and they're being they're able to run the ball, then, yes, he can make those throws. And, you know, t- TBD to see, um, you know, if, if they have to, you know, open it up more and just start slinging it. Uh, and then, excuse me. As far as the uh, the the second part of your question, um, you know, I I think that um, I think that you know, with with more games and experience uh, for Tronti, he'll be able to uh, you know build on build on on his opening performance essentially. And uh, but yeah, I, I like what what FAU has in, in Tronti and. Uh, you know, the offense is similar to a uh, to Charlotte's, and even similar to Tulane's. I was thinking where it's almost like an option attack uh, with passing built on it. I was hoping that kind of answered the question. I know that the second half of the question was it was a little all over the place, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think they should be happy with what they have at, at quarterback, and you know, hopefully they can continue to build on it. Well, it's a two part thing, Steve. One, if you look at the stable of running backs FAU has. Malcolm Davidson didn't get off the bench until the fourth quarter. And that's kind of been the big Tron, the big controversy, excuse me, the big controversy in Boca Raton this week is that, you know, Malcolm Davidson, if you go back and look at his stats last year, he may have been arguably the top running back in conference USA. He led the league in yards per attempt or yards per carry last year. And he doesn't see the field till the fourth quarter. Just goes to show you how deep the running back room is. Second thing, Steve, did you happen to see the fourth down conversion early in the game by Charlotte when Victor Tucker ran kind of like a little, uh, it was a fourth and three. Uh, I'm looking on your face telling me you don't remember it offhand. Here's the reason, exactly. I, here's the reason I, I bring it up, Steve. Victor Tucker is one of the best route runners in college football. For a guy who is 5'10-ish, a buck 80, Mm-hmm. In the goal line, red zone, fourth down and two, he ran like a like a little – like, like a speed out type of deal, and he just got open. Here's the reason I mentioned that. Um, FAU has talented guys, TJ Chase, you know, the kid came from Clemson, caught a touchdown, Aaron Young, et cetera. But I don't know that they have a guy who just – put it to you this way. And, I, and, I, and before we transition to our UTSA situation, I want to get your opinion as a former quarterback. Can you help fans and, you know, myself, for example, understand what a receiver can do as far as making himself open to a quarterback as opposed to, you know, the receivers who just run the route? Like, can you break down the the importance of a, uh, an excellent route runner who can work in tight spaces? Because the route he put on was just they, – they had it played perfectly, but Victor Tucker just found himself open. And I'm going to send you that play so you can see it on the back end and be like, you know, that might be one you might want to chart for, uh, for the future. Yeah, a hundred percent. Back to Victor Tucker, he he ran a great route on Charlotte's last drive. It was a, it was a seam route to get open and put them in yeah. potential scoring position. But but yeah, so to answer the question, definitely depends on the route and, and depends on how the receiver runs the route. So um, you know, if the receiver is given the quarterback more space to throw. So for example, if you're the DB, I'm the receiver. Uh, we were always taught in college, uh, you know, you want to get covered to get uncovered. Uh, so if I'm running an out route, I might, you know, dive into this or I might run to the, to the uh, DB's chest. So I have plenty of room for the out route as opposed to if I make that cut too early, there's not necessarily as much room for the ball to be put 
Um, and so the, the DB is going to have a, a better advantage and more leverage to break up on the ball. Another example would be, uh, and a lot of this is on the the quarterback too. Like uh, ant- anticipation plays a huge role in this, and the uh, in the the relate then the the repertoire between the quarterback and the receiver. So another slogan we would use in college on a, a seam route or a post route or more more a deeper route would be you know if he's even he's leaving. So you know it, it, whatever the coverage may be, it, say if you're the safety on the receiver and I'm running, I'm even with you. Uh, you know, we'd say he's even, he's leaving, go ahead and let it rip because there's plenty of space to, to put the ball where it needs to be put. So it's up to the receipt to the receiver to allow there to be space for the ball to be put. It's up to the quarterback to put the ball into that space where the DB is not. And then, you know, it goes back to the receiver to, to make the play and make the adjustment. Um, and a lot of that, I think Victor Tucker and Chris Reynolds probably have, have a lot of reps together. And so, you know, they probably don't need nearly as much space or, or, um, you know, they, it, it, just because he doesn't look open doesn't necessarily mean uh, he, he isn't open or he's not about to be open. You know, sometimes the receiver will let the quarterback just throw him open. He can adjust. Um, so that, that's actually a really kind of a good question and maybe something we can expand on a, on an article down the road and show a good example of uh, a receiver running a route, getting covered to get uncovered or getting or when he's even when he's even he's, he's leaving. Uh, we'll kind of show some examples of those uh, those slogans. No doubt about it. Like I said, we're going to try to do, you know, a couple of deep dives that uh, we'll find a way to kind of, uh, kind of just extra content for you guys. So you can get a little, a uh, little added understanding of what we're talking about here. Going to go to UTSA, Steve, their quarterback situation is one that both of us have been high on Frank Harris, Josh Adkins, both of us like both of those guys. Uh, unfortunately they're hurt for UTSA. We saw what was behind them. I uh, just want to let you take it away from that perspective. Cause that's a ball game. Quite frankly, UTSA, I, I, I'm not afraid to say it. I think UTSA definitely wins if, if, um, if Frank Harris is playing. And even if Josh Adkins, even though they're such different quarterbacks, if Adkins is, is able to play the entire way, I, I think they win. 100%. I agree with you. And let me ask you this. What's more – is it more concerning that UAB was only able to beat UTSA by eight points with essentially UTSA's four-string quarterback? <laughs> like, like Man, you know, it, I'm just – Here's, here's why I laugh, Steve, because we were texting during this game as well, and I won't, <laughs> I won't say exactly what I said off air. Um, Steve, I don't know if the, if the deep shots and, – and you know what's funny? For, I'm going to bring our listeners in here for a second. Steve and I's relationship kind of blossomed off of – I got his input on a feature I did on James Morgan. And James Morgan came out of an offense at Bowling Green where it's the air raid where, for those of you who don't know, there are a lot of, and James has said this as well, so I'm not divulging anything. There are a lot of predicated throws pre-snap. So you use the, and Steve, you can jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to use your short passing game that's going to kind of act as if you're right. It's going to serve as your running game. And then you will have a handful of deep shots per game that are kind of programmed in, Right. And UAB does not run an air raid by any stretch of the imagination. However, they do like to push the ball downfield because they have guys like Austin Watkins and, you know, going back for, uh, for the past few years, they've had very good deep threats. But it seems to me as if, like, I don't know if the throws are programmed or if the quarterbacks no. are just feel the need that they have to go downfield X amount of times because there are certain picks that UAB quarterbacks are, are throwing 
And I, I can't understand what they're looking at. So I know we're talking about UTSA here. So I'm, I'm going to let you come back to, or, or Steve, how do you want to do it? You want to take that part first or do you, do you want to yeah, go back I'll, to UTSA? I'll, I'll, just, I'll hit on, on both real quick just okay, because go, I know go I for it. go for it. back out. With UAB, it was like in a game like that, I don't think there's any reason to be throwing it up like that when you're playing. Like your defense is locked in. Like they're set. Like they're giving up 13 points. Like, I'm handing the ball to Spencer Brown. I'm dinking and dunking, maybe taking a deep shot here and there. Uh, and just, you know, kind of having that, like, the SEC dominant effect where you just, like, suffocate the opponent. You know, like what Georgia and Alabama does. You know, they just suffocate the opponent. Um, so I don't know if this is more concerning about UAB or more encouraging about UTSA, like, overall as a team that they were able to hang uh, with their four-string quarterback. So, you know, they they planned the offense around Josh Atkins. He gets hurt opening series. And then they put in, uh, is it Jordan or JoJo Weeks? I'm not sure. I think it's Jordan Weeks. Yeah, Jordan Weeks, uh, but his nickname, nickname is JoJo, but Jordan Weeks. So they, they put Weeks in who, uh, as far as style goes, is similar to um, – to Atkins, and so he was able to fit that game plan. Things weren't working out. They put in uh, Lowell Narcisse, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who probably mimics Frank Harris more, but I'm guessing throughout practice they were you know, preparing to have Atkins rip it around, so they weren't necessarily prepared for what Narcisse could bring, and I'm, I'm assuming Narcisse would start this week because they looked much better when he was in there, and he gave, gave them a little spark. Um, so, oh, no, I, I'm, I, I'm only assuming Narcisse is starting if Harris is, is still right. injured, but I, I think I saw that he's – He's, Harris is going to start this week. Anyways, um, so I think I think back to the quarterback situation, it's encouraging as a whole for the team for UTSA that they hung around, only lost by eight. Um, and then I think if they if Harris or Atkins, one of those two comes back, hopefully uh, this week and very soon, uh, then I think, you know, we should – they played BYU this week, so I don't think it matters who's at quarterback, honestly. Uh, BYU's pretty stout. Uh, but as far as conference play goes, as long as they have one of those two guys, they should have it. I was encouraged with their performance against UAB. I think they should you know, have a have a chance to you know make some noise in conferences here. The final conference we would say quarterback we're going to get into is Piggy T, Tyrell Pigram. Uh, we both have had our thoughts on him. He's, you know, the talent jumps off the screen. You, you see the athletic ability. You see he's even got a much better arm than you would expect from a man of his stature. He's probably no bigger, Steve, than you. Um, yep. Matter of fact, you might even be able to, and, and I, by no means, that's not a shot at Steve. I guess I should let the people know. Steve's probably about what, 5'11", a buck, yep. a buck 75? Like, you know, it, Steve's, uh, Steve and, and Tyrell Pigram, they're not, you know, uh, 6'5 quarterbacks. That's the point I'm making. But you see the arm strength is apparent. Um, he won Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week, but I know you still saw some things that, you know, You'd like to see him improve on, correct? Yeah, I think it was to me. It was like same story, different week. You know, like there are some good drives he put together, uh, but you just want that consistency factor. You know, like like we talked about last year, Jamar Smith, how he got so consistent, but years before that, you know, Jamar Smith from prior Louisiana Tech quarterback, right? But there, you know, you were just waiting for him to put it all together. That's why I feel like with with Pagrom right now, that is waiting for him to put together a game. But in his defense, you know, they found a way to win. Um, they held off a middle Tennessee, middle Tennessee that, that, excuse me, they held off a, a middle Tennessee team that is improving. And, um, you know, like, like you said, Pagrom showed off his athleticism. He showed up his strong arm, only 21 of 36, I believe. So y- you want to see that completion percentage up over 60 if, if possible, especially with the offense Western Kentucky want, runs and with their, with their good defense, you know, you want to shorten the game a bit. Um, 
So I think same story, different week. You want to see more consistency, but his defense, they won the game. That's all that matters. You can build on a W. Uh, it's better to build on a W with a mediocre or decent performance than build on a loss with a good performance because at least you got the W, you know? Uh, so, again, not a whole bunch more to add here, uh, except you just want that consistency. You, you want to see a full game put together as opposed to a drive here and drive there. Head to the Sun Belt because we got two deep dives coming up. Uh, first one's going to be Grayson McCall, Coastal Carolina quarterback. Had a heck of a week, Steve. Have at it. Yeah, Grayson McCall. So he's one who, who popped on both our radars uh, when they played Kansas a few weeks ago and, and upset right. them. And yeah, and, and he is he is someone we're putting some content out on, on him later in the week actually. But he is a, a redshirt freshman, I believe, and. Man, this, the Sun Belt is loaded, loaded at the quarterback position. Maybe the, the most, uh, you know, out of all the group of five conferences, they might have the most quality starting quarterbacks right now. Uh, the American may have them beat. But anyways, Grayson McCall is a guy who is very athletic, uh, and he and he showed a lot with his arm this game too, throwing for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, 20 of 29, maybe 22 of 29, uh, one of those, but looked very accurate. The biggest takeaway I have from McCall, and he's a very athletic, dynamic, fun player to watch. And he can beat you with his legs. But when he's most dangerous is when he is using his legs to create time and buy buy more time to beat you with his arms. So he'll break the pocket. I stay downfield. And that's when, like, DBs come off coverage. That's when linebackers come and rush and rush the quarterback, opening space from a call to throw. He did that several times against Arkansas State. And it can be infuriating as a defensive coordinator because they could have called the perfect scheme, the perfect coverage, but McCall breaks loose. And then, you know, it's kind of free for all from it's a free for all after that. And he's able to make a play. The only thing that he can get in trouble at times, he did throw a pick like this, is trusting his athletic athleticism and arm too much when he's on the run and throwing across his body. But besides that, man, I think he's a fun player to watch. And, and Coastal is going to be dangerous in the Sun Belt this year. And, and they play Louisiana this week, which is a matchup we're both looking forward to. This next guy is someone who I'm definitely interested to hear what you have to say, just because when you look at the physical stature of him, you know, he, he he's, he's an impressive uh, athlete. Cornelius yeah. Brown. Um, I want to definitely get your thoughts, Georgia State quarterback. You know, they got a uh, got a good win against ECU, especially for that Georgia State program that's really trying to build something there in Atlanta. Yeah, big big time win. And Georgia State has, has hit the jackpot with quarterbacks as of late. You know, Dan Ellington the past few years yeah. really kind of um, – Dan, Dan Ellington really put them on a – you know, kind of put them on a, on a good position now with Cornelius Brown taking taking the reins. Now he's, a like you said, a, a good athlete. He reminds me of a thinner version of Vince Young. I knew uh, you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. Go ahead, Steve. It's true, though. I know we talked off air, you know, about uh, a, a few weeks prior about, you know, comparing some of these G5 quarterbacks to some of these the older Power 5 quarterbacks, but he really reminds me of, of a, a slender version of Vince Young. He glides when he runs. Uh, he has a good arm. He's able to push it downfield, and you're able to see that a lot against ECU. And the, my favorite thing about him, though, besides athleticism and besides his strong arm, besides his ability to make any throw, was opening drive. I think it was his first throw, but I know it was opening possession. He threw a pick six against an ECU team who – you know, most people would think, okay, ECU should win this game, even though the, the spread was pretty close. But you would think a, an American school should beat, you know, a, a, this kind of Sun Belt school through a pick six. It's like, man, dang. But he's able to bounce back. Throws three touchdowns. Throws for 230 ish yards. And, you know, they're able to win that game by 20 points. And it wasn't even close. So 
just like we talked about with McCall, as far as the Sun Belt having a, a lot of good quality starting quarterbacks, Cornelius Browns is another one of those guys. And uh, man, I'm excited. Georgia stays in, is in good hands uh, the next few years at the quarterback position with him there. Let's finish off the Sun Belt, Steve. Logan Bonner, Lane Hatcher had a lot of fun talking about these guys. Uh, both of us have definitely had a chance to see a lot of them. I saw Lane Hatcher last year covering the bowl game, FIU bowl game. You've watched a lot of this uh, quarterback competition. What are your thoughts? We both kind of said, hey, it's about at some point in time, they're going to have to pick one and go with them. I know you've been a very much a Logan Bonner guy. Uh, let me know what you uh, what you thought about them. And for our, our, our listeners, really quick, just a little bit of background. Logan Bonner was the starter prior to, uh, was it midway through last year? I believe he broke his thumb. And Lane Hatcher took over, kind of guided that offense really well. But, you know, without Omar Bayless, uh, I think you're definitely a good chance to see who uh, who can kind of stand out at quarterback. Not that they don't have still have a good receiver in John Adams. But, uh, Steve, yeah. enough of me rambling. I'll let you have at it. Yeah, and the thing with Hatcher, when he took over, he had a you know, good freshman year. I think he was co-freshman uh, Sunbelt Play of the Year or, or maybe just flat out Sunbelt Freshman of the Year last year. Correct. But, uh, yeah, okay, so good. Yeah, so – but – so – both are good quarterbacks. Both both actually had a fine game, uh, but it's just so hard to have you know to find any offensive rhythm or to be in sequence with each other when you're constantly moving, constantly moving. And I talked to a few Arkansas State uh, media people who are inside the program, and they tend to think that you know this could be the week that they find a guy and go with go with one, which I think they need to do. I think uh, Logan Bonner is the more talented guy. He he's a little bit bigger in stature, has a stronger arm can can rip it he i even texted you because he had such a huge uh first drive and bonner was put in he drove right down the field boom touchdown i was like this is bonner's coming out party but you know they kept switching going back and forth so it's just really hard to kind of find that consistent rhythm when you're doing that so i'm hoping they choose one even though i, I lean towards bonner hatcher is still a good quarterback so they did choose him they're still in good hands uh, but but i think they need to find a guy and just stick with him ride him out for a full game and see what that gives you just because the inconsistency on a good Arkansas state team, that inconsistency can kind of hurt you. Cause I don't think even though coastal Carolina beat them by close to 30 points and coastal Carolina was the better team. I don't think they're, you know, 30 ish points worse than coastal Carolina. Steve, as you get ready to take it to the American, one of the things I noticed here, and we obviously talked about the UCF game, but let's go and give credit to someone. The quarterback was on the other side of that ball. And that's Zach Smith. Uh, he definitely impressed me. He has been impressing me for a uh, better part of this year and even a little bit of last year. Uh, talk about what you got on Zach Smith. Yeah, so Zach Smith, you know, the former uh, started off at Baylor and transferred to Tulsa, someone that doesn't get a ton of love as the other kind of big uh, American uh, American conference quarterbacks like Dylan Gabriel, Shane Buschella, Brady White. But, man, he might – if you talk to any NFL scout, I would assume, I'm just guessing, that they would say he's the most NFL-polished, NFL-ready quarterback uh, from the size to the arm uh, to the offense that he's running with Tulsa. And he made uh, – I know you were watching the game, um, but he made several just NFL throws. And the biggest throw I can remember from the game, and you might have a, a different one, or you might recall a different one, but it was before half. I think it's like 23-5 to five, UCF is winning, and uh, he throws a bomb 55 yards in the air. But it wasn't – it wasn't a, a – uh, it, it, it was semi on the line, you know, it wasn't like a, like how you would throw a fade. So you have like a one ball, a two ball and a three ball, one ball is a rocket, two balls, like floating it over a linebacker and the three balls, like an absolute bomb. So this would be more like a two ball where it's in between 
a, a bomb and in between a rocket, and he threw a two ball about 55 yards in the air. Just a very impressive throw. That throw was such was so big time because you know then that puts them 23 to what 12 or so going to the half. Right. Yeah. I think that carried a lot of momentum, and, and I think was a big play that you know ultimately led them to to win the game. He had three touchdowns, and you know he's one of those guys. The stats never look super good. He was like 17 29, maybe 270 yards passing or so, three touchdowns a pick. It's not like he's not putting Dylan Gabriel type numbers up, or he's 400 plus four touchdowns. But it's a, such a different offense. Uh, it's a little more kind of uh, pro style offense, if you will. But I think he's he's got a future at the next level. And if Tulsa can find ways to uh, continue the success, not just against UCF, but against uh, other teams in America, and then you know you can expect Zach Smith to get a little more recognition. Let's go ahead before we get running close with an up going transition to week six. I know the uh, Conference USA definitely have a lot of games of interest, but I'm going to be a homer here. FIU, home yeah. opener against Middle Tennessee. Two quarterbacks. We uh, have talked a lot about Ash O'Hare on this podcast. We are both are fans of him. But, hey, um, FIU's quarterback situation, Steve. Uh, let's go ahead and do a quick, you know, 60, 90 seconds between the two of us. What are you looking for? You saw a little bit of Stone Norton, saw a little bit of Max Bortenschlager. saw a lot of Stone Norton, a little bit of Max Bortenschlager, a little bit of Kalen Wiggins. What are you looking to see? And uh, what do you think is going to kind of be the, the determining factor cause one of those guys to jump out? And then we'll uh, finish with Asher, so which is before from him in that game. Yeah, so I think you, of course, have more insight than this, but than me. But I, I think uh, you want to see Stone do exactly what he did last game, and I, I would assume they go with him and maybe have Wiggins as your uh, as kind of your change of pace uh, quarterback, if you will. And, uh, real quick on Stone, so we talked about him being polished hey, uh, and looking Steve, Steve, really quick. You know the old saying about Stone, right? Yes. Okay. So okay, let me we are. I, I can tell you, someone who deals with Butch Davis on the regular, uh, don't don't assume. Continue, sir. <laughs> So I will guess that Stone Norton, Stone Norton will be the uh, will be the the, the guy they, they choose to go with. Um, I will not a s s u m e. But I would look for him to build on the first game, and we talked about him being very polished for a freshman. Um, and, and real quick, we talked about you know he was prepared so well. We talked about him training with QB Country, and I want to also it was made known to me that he also trained with some other quarterback guys, but his. The guy who had the biggest impact on him was actually his high school coach, uh, Jonathan Quinn, I believe was his name. So, yeah, so he, he had the – which was I thought was really cool to, to hear when, when that was made known to me that, uh, you know, the, the guy that had the best – kind of the, the biggest impact or was awesome, was really good for him was his high school coach because he had so many quarterback gurus around. So it's always nice to hear about a high school coach having that big, big of an impact. I just wanted to kind of put that in there to, to give him credit. Uh, but I'll let you take it away with the, uh, the rest of the FIU because uh, – you will know a bit more than me here. No, go ahead. Go ahead and finish up and I'll take away with Asher and then I'll, I'll, I'll jump in after. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, and then with Asher, so another good game from Asher himself, the thing with Middle Tennessee is they can't win if, if, if he has to do everything themselves himself, you know, he had 98 yards rushing, 200 something yards passing, uh, 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 was accounted for each other touchdowns uh, against Western Kentucky. So he's looking a lot better, but defenses can just zone in on Asher and kind of, you know, take away if they can just zone on him and have someone else beat them, then, you know, it's going to be hard for middle Tennessee to win. So they need the running game to get going. And I also want to see them take a, li- a bit more, di- a more dialed up deep shots, regardless if they, 
if they complete them or not. Kind of how we talked about with UAB, maybe taking too many or maybe not knowing if they're even supposed to, but they're taking a bunch. I want Middle Tennessee to dial up some deep shots because I think that can open up the running game a bit more and take some pressure off Asher and kind of uh, open up the the box a little bit that the defense seems to be stacking. So uh, I know Asher's had some good success against FIU in the past. Uh, So hopefully, um, you know, they, they get the run game going that takes some pressure off of him. Yeah, really quick, as far as FIU goes, I think it's going to be interesting. Butch Davis kind of hinted at in his post-game presser after Liberty. This is going to look to narrow it down to two. I think it's going to be interesting because of, I'm of the thought that, hey, um, Max Bortenschlager and Stone Norton are similar quarterbacks. So if you're going to have two, it's not going to be those two. You think you got to pick from one of those and then go with Kalen Wiggins. We'll see how it plays out. I do think it, it's you – know, I'll talk to Butch Davis tomorrow. Now I'll ask, I'll ask him again. It's hard for me to see him giving up on Max Bornschlager after one game. But with that being said, I don't know how he can condense it to two unless it's just throw out a smoke signal and it'd be both of those guys. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, go ahead and transition into the Sun Belt, Steve. Uh, as far as game we're looking at here, you got Coastal Louisiana McCall versus Lewis. Let you have at it. Yeah, this is one of the the games I'm probably looking forward to the most as far as like quarterback matchups go. Uh, just because going into the season, I thought Le- Levi Lewis was probably the, the best overall quarterback in the Sun Belt. He struggled a bit the past few games against uh, Georgia State and Georgia Southern, but they you know squeaked out some wins. So I'm looking for him to kind of uh, – have a have a you know a, a bigger game against Coastal Louisiana is probably going to need it. he's probably going to need to have a bigger game against Coastal to win, and then uh, the the defense that McCall is facing uh, against Louisiana is probably the best defense he's probably going to face in the Sun Belt. Uh, I'm not going to assume that, but um, I just Louisiana's got one of the better defense and defenses in the Sun Belt, so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, he responds to to that defense, especially now there's more film on him. And, and so, but it should be a good matchup and, you know, um, looking, looking forward to both these quarterbacks here. Let's go and finish this one up with the American Steve. And I am going to say USF and East Carolina. We have not talked a lot about the Bulls and their quarterback situation. Going to let you kind of uh, have at it there. And then what you're looking for from Holton Aylers. Yeah. So man, Holton Aylers, just, just a rough, rough game, man. Like this is the first time. I, so I was able to watch him against UCF the the previous week just here and there and you know did some stuff okay and I was excited to watch him uh this past week against Georgia State and just did not look good you know had three bad interceptions but in his defense the offensive line did not do a very good job protecting him he was getting hit so hope they can do a better job here um and then as far as UCF USF goes man so combined yeah, they're right, right. You get that right get that right yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm just best go ahead I'm sorry Oh gosh, I'm dealing with it with the UCF guy, guys. I apologize. Um, but uh, as far as with the with South the South Florida quarterbacks go, man, just like I've got no idea. They 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 combined for five picks last week against Cincinnati. That whole game was a sloppy quarterback game. There were eight interceptions combined that game with with Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. And uh, so I don't know if it's going to be McLeod or, or Marsh or, or Fortin. Both all three of those guys played last week and. Um, McLeod had two picks. Marsh Marsh had three picks. So, who knows uh, what what USF is going to do there at the quarterback position? And then Ailers with three interceptions. I mean, we could throw out a line like, you know, I, I hope there are no picks. I hope both quarterback whoever plays quarterbacks play really well. But I'm going to do this real quick, Eric. Go for it. If I if I say the line of interceptions combined with both teams combined is four and a half, are you going to choose the over or the under here? 
<laughs> Typically, when I play this game, I go push. Uh, I'm going to go over. Over. Okay. So you're going five. I think that might be a good bet because USF, as much as their quarterbacks have struggled, has a pretty, you know, has an athletic uh, defensive backfield. So I think I might go five with you as well, but hopefully, hopefully they prove us wrong and there are no interceptions. They combine for five touchdowns. It's a clean quarterback game. And we have some positive stuff to talk about each quarterback on uh, next week's episode. No doubt about it. As always, got to keep the QB happy. That is the one, Stephen Hamner. You can find him on Twitter at S-T-E-V-E-N, Hamner, H-A-M-N-E-R. You can find the podcast on Twitter at QB Spotlight and online. The podcast link is podcast.apple.com. Look, search for QB Spotlight. You will find us. And as I said, the newest member of the Underdog Dynasty family, you can find Steve's work coming up uh Let's see. Maybe, uh, maybe tomorrow. You can find them at underdogdynasty.com. Uh, but definitely, uh, we uh, would appreciate any feedback you guys have. That's the way we can help this podcast grow. So please leave us reviews, whether it is on uh, Apple or any other podcasting platform you listen to. Thank you for listening, and happy football watching, everybody. <laughs>